That's right, Razorback fans, you read the title correctly. I'm bringing back an oldie but a goodie. It's a Top Tuesday, and I'm going to tell you the top three reasons why Arkansas can win 10 games this upcoming football season on today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Tuesday as it is a top Tuesday once again in the summertime topics when we are just trying to put together some content, some fun things that we can discuss and break down and, and get into the nitty gritty of and, and all of that fun stuff. But uh, you know, it's it, this is something that I, I, I enjoy actually doing. I hope that most of you at least enjoy hearing it. And I'm going to be putting together some really cool videos as well uh, later down the road as uh, far as some other top lists that won't be directly related to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast, but still something that uh, is pretty cool for content purposes. But today we're, we're bringing it back. And I so, this is something I've thought about and I've, I've alluded to it a little bit. And I don't think that anybody who is going to be betting on the Razorback football team this upcoming season is probably going to say that, oh yeah, 10 wins, that's in the bag. That's not something that anyone's going to be doing, or at least they shouldn't be doing, because we know how difficult it is to win in the SEC and to win football games in major college football. Anyways, but that being said, I think it's a legitimate possibility that Arkansas could win 10 regular season games this year. They could go 10 and 2. Now, again, I'm not going to bet on them too. I'm not going to go to FanDuel and bet on them. But I think that there are reasons to believe that they could pull it off because I think getting to the 10 win mark at a place like Arkansas, one is not impossible. We've seen it done many times. In fact, this millennium, it's happened three times that Arkansas has made it to 10 wins. And if you compare that to some of the other teams, in the SEC, that's actually more than most. I think Ole Miss celebrated their first 10-win season like ever uh, just the other year. Mississippi State has never gotten to that point. A&M, I believe, has only had that happen once when I think it was the Johnny Manziel year. Could be wrong, but it hasn't happened that often. Um, obviously, you're going to have it happen pretty frequently with Bama and LSU and Georgia and Florida and all of that. I think South Carolina's also uh, have three double-digit wins. But the point is this. It's not impossible to have it happen at Arkansas. And we're going to talk about the reasons why it can't this year, why it can happen this year, why Arkansas can get to 10 wins this season for the first time since 2011 and do it with a few particular reasons as to why. So let's dive into it. And again, we're going to go to 3 two, one It's like the old classic top reason, top three reasons, however you want to put it. Uh, we're going to go through that basis, and I'm sure everyone's going to fully agree, and the comment section is going to be completely and totally rational, and it's not going to be filled with a bunch of trolls from other SEC fan bases that have nothing better to do with their lives. So let's go ahead and kick it off with the schedule. The schedule. I've talked about the schedule in depth a lot this past off season, or really when we found out the schedule itself. And it's been finalized and everything, and uh, there are a few things that I really love about it and a few things that I don't love about it at all. But here's the thing. When it comes to your schedule overall, generally speaking, going into the season, this is the easiest one that I can remember. 
maybe besides the Chad Morris years with that schedule, but it didn't matter if you played high school kids. You would have lost those games because Chad Morris was that disgustingly awful as a head coach. So throw that out. But in the years of Brett Bielema, in the years of Bobby Petrino, even in the years of Houston Nutt, it's always been some of the most difficult schedule and the difficult games you've ever had to deal with and ever had to face. But this year might be the easiest one. And here's why. And I want to be clear. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm saying it's easier. And the reason being is because your non-conference games, first and foremost, most important thing, and to why this is a much easier schedule to deal with. You have four non-conference games against four very beatable opponents, opponents that you should beat, and they're all at home, or at least in the state of Arkansas. Western Carolina at War Memorial Stadium, you should win. Kent State in Fayetteville, you should win. BYU in Fayetteville, you should win. And also Florida International in Fayetteville, you should win. That's four wins. That's four wins right there. You're nearly halfway there with your non-conference schedule alone because those are teams that you're better than, they're at home, and you should win. And, I, and this isn't even a can get to this thing. If you don't win all four of your non-conference games, something's wrong. There's an issue. There's an issue. You don't have Cincinnati on the schedule. You don't have Liberty on the schedule. You don't have uh, on the road out west on the schedule. Uh, you know, you don't have Bobby Petrino, at least uh, as a head coach with Missouri State on the schedule. You don't have, uh, you know, Texas yet. I mean, you don't have any, any games that just seem so far-fetched of you actually being able to win. That's four wins and should be four wins right there, okay? So moving on through, we got to look at the SEC schedule. And the SEC schedule, you're still in the West. This is the final year. We are in the SEC West, and you have your two Eastern opponents that you will be facing off against. All right? So here's what we're looking at. Your home schedule isn't great, but your road schedule is kind of brutal. But let's look at it in, a again, silver linings, looking at it as to why you can win 10 games. Okay? So your home games against Auburn, Mississippi State, in Missouri. Those are your three SEC home games. Now, Auburn and Mississippi State are both breaking in new coaches. Okay? Hugh Freeze, of course, has been a lot more established than Will Arnett. And I think that Hugh Freeze might have success at Auburn. But I don't believe that right out of the gate he's going to go out there and win eight to 10 games. I don't think so. It's going to take a little bit to get it going. And it's also because I don't really see them having a quarterback or at least an effective one to be able to get them to that level. So I think that is a very winnable game against Auburn. Mississippi State at home. You know, you don't, you have coach Arnett. You don't have Mike Leach. God rest his soul. But we have a guy that was very unproven and he's in the SEC and he's going on the road into a hostile environment into Arkansas. And that'll be Arkansas's very first SEC home game. And so I believe that should be a win. And then you have Missouri at home, which, dadgummit, if you don't beat them this year, there's going to be some hell to pay. There's going to be some problems. We're going to have some issues. Sick of losing to those losers. And so I think Arkansas should take care of business in that one, too, as far as your three easiest games, especially in the SEC, are those three games, and they're all in Fayetteville at home. So you're talking about seven of your home games right there. You should go undefeated at home. You are better than all those teams. Now, again, it's not saying you will for sure, 
But I believe going into the season right now with the teams, with the rosters, with the coaches, with everything going on, you are a better team than all those teams that you play at home. And you should win all your games and you should get the seven wins. So that leads, all right, so you need three more wins. Three more wins. You got four road games in the SEC and you got a neutral site game. Okay. So we'll start with the neutral site game, Texas A&M. It's a stupid game. I never know what to expect out of this game. It, there's dumb things that happen every time. Arkansas has been the better team and should have won these games so much more often than what they have. But for whatever reason, spooky, weird stuff. I don't know if it's the ghost of, you know, some somebody haunting Arkansas in this game down in Jerry World. But you never know what to expect. Arkansas should have won last year. They won the year before. Uh, I mean, they. It, it's just the way it is. It's a weird game that's down there. And so that one, flip a coin. Flip a coin for that one. Uh, A&M may be a better team, but Jimbo Fisher doesn't scare me. Bobby Petrino's there, but again, it could be disastrous. It could be great. I'm leaning towards it not working out just as of right now, just because I think it's never going, it never works out well when you have a forced marriage between a, a coach and an offensive coordinator and that coach who wants to call plays. So coin flip that one, all right? Then you have your true road games at Ole Miss, at Alabama, at LSU, and at Florida. Okay, at LSU is your very first SEC game, and it's in the late September. You're not gonna, we're not going to win that game. I, I wouldn't predict. I know Arkansas LSU has been a weird series as it is. You never know what's going to happen in those. But considering it's in hot September down in Baton Rouge, and they got a really good team, I'd, I'd just be hard-pressed to think Arkansas wins that game. I'm hopeful, but I'm not picking them. And then you have at Ole Miss, your, other, your next road game in the SEC. And Ole Miss ne- does not scare me whatsoever. Lane Kiffin does not scare me whatsoever. Since Lane Kiffin's been at Ole Miss, you've practically owned them. Like, you destroyed them last year. You destroyed them in 2020. And then, I mean, yeah, like their quarterback threw six interceptions. And then even in 2021, the game that you lost on the road, which was the best season Ole Miss has ever had, apparently, um, you had a two-point conversion away from winning. So I'm not worried about Ole Miss on the road. I, I, I'll think, I think you'll be just fine in that regard. At Alabama, doesn't matter where you play them. You're going to lose that one. I'm just picking up. And then at Florida is the most interesting one because Florida at that point in time in November could be still really good or they could be falling off the wagon hard. They could be having some some bad issues there. Because uh, Billy Napier, I think he's done a really good job in recruiting, but last year was not a great one in, for Gain, in the folks in Gainesville. And at that point in time, it could be uh, bad for them. It could be bad for the Hogs. It just kind of depends on where you're at. But I still would pick Arkansas. I still think Arkansas is a better football team uh, than what you're, you're looking at there. So when I went through all of those, folks, the only two games that I felt not great about is at Bama and at LSU. A&M, of course, being the toss-up. But every other game, I think you are a better team than the opponent you're facing. Again, I'm not saying you will win all those games. But the ball bounces your way. If you stay healthy, if you do the things you're supposed to be doing, not making bad mistakes, I don't see any reason why I can't win all those games. And it'll be a, almost reminiscent of 2011 where you win 10 games except for Bama and LSU. I think it's possible. I think it's possible. But there's other reasons why, more important reasons why you can win 10 games. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. But folks, got to tell you about baseball season being in full swing. And there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can get the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. 
That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. So don't miss your chance right now to snag that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast for our top Tuesday and giving the reasons why Arkansas can win 10 games, 10 regular season games this upcoming football season. We've talked about the schedule. So now let's talk about the other reason why. The defense was so bad last year. One of the worst defenses statistically you'd ever see. They had a few things going on for them, uh, but not much. They were able to get to the quarterback quite a bit, but that's about it. Now, the fact that you were able to go 7-6 and six last year with that defense and also be in a position to where your three trophy games that you lost against A&M, LSU, and Missouri came by a combined seven points. You lost those games. With that defense, kind of told me all I needed to know and really told us all about that team and the fact that they were able to win as many games as they did was pretty incredible. I'm not trying to, you know, say it was fine and it's acceptable. Just saying that if you just, if if you went into a season and said that one team was going to have, without a doubt, the worst, and I mean the worst defense, especially in the passing defense side of things in the country statistically, and you have it in the SEC, and you still go 7-6, and six, that's impressive. So now you got to figure out, okay, what happens if we actually have a decent defense? What, what if we actually don't give up 538,000 yards passing each game? What then? What does this team look like? Well, I believe that some of the things that they've done in the offseason and the the coaching changes that they've done and also the transfers that they have brought in are going to be a huge difference maker in turning this defense completely and totally around. Does that mean that they're going to be number one in the SEC? No. But you are going to be a better defense. You gave up over 30 points per game last year. The defense is going to be better. Uh, You're giving up like 400 yards passing or SEC uh, 300 yards passing per game uh, defensively. Through the air. That's going to be better. And you're going to have a lot of guys in positions, whether it's from the transfer portal or whatever it may be, that are going to be reasons why you get better at it. And let's just look at it from this perspective, okay? So the transfer portal, you got uh, Jeff Coat from Missouri, who was a huge get, and you got John Morgan from Pitt, as well as Landon Jackson, uh, and you got a few other guys there too that's really going to make a difference on this uh on this uh D-line. Like you got Torian Carter coming back. Hopefully he's healthy and ready to go, but uh he's an experienced guy inside. Uh you have uh, other guys that's played like Eric Gregory, you got Zach Williams, you got just Shad Stewart. You know, you got guys that have actually played and had experience as a Nico Davale or Davalier, however you say his name. Uh you know, Cameron Ball, another one that had a lot of experience. So you got plenty of depth there. And out of the portal, you got some some big time guys. So I think D line, you're going to be much more improved. 
But it's about even and then the linebacker. We'll get to the most important part of the secondary. But even the linebacker, you don't have Drew Sanders, which is a huge loss. Like you don't see you having a player like Drew Sanders here. And Bumper Pool was about as solid as they come when it comes to uh, just being a, a high IQ, smart football player who uh, was always at the right place at the right time. But you're talking about a guy like Antonio Greer that you've brought in from the transfer portal, who's huge. You got Chris Poo Paul, who uh, was also a uh, a huge get and a huge guy that's coming back in here. Jaheim Thomas, the transfer from Cincinnati. Uh, one of the best ones grading out as far as linebackers in the SEC, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, you got him. Uh, Jordan Crook, who had some experience there too. So, you know, will the linebackers be elite? I don't know, but will they be good? I think so because you still have some quality depth there and some players. But it comes down to the secondary. It, it, that's what it's all about. It comes down to the secondary. And I think that you got rid of the players that were on the team, or at least you don't have the players on the team anymore that were killing you just all over the place on so many different plays and in so many different coverages. I think you are automatically improved there. You got Dwight McLaughlin back, who is, I think, the best cornerback and the best defensive back on this team this year and one of the better ones actually in the SEC. So you have him back, all right? You also have uh, Quincy McAdoo, who really, really, uh, of course, we don't know about his car wreck accident. Like, that's still something that's scary. Uh, But if he's fully healthy and ready to go, that's a huge get. We'll see how it goes. But we know that he's really good. And even Hudson Clark, my buddy, the no-fly zone, Hud Island, uh, who's actually better than what people give him credit for. I'll always defend him because I think it's ridiculous that people defend him. I think I know why. I think we all know why uh, when they get when people hate on him. But you got experience coming back. At least those are the three players that were not the reasons why your defense was so bad. It was always in the safety position and, and just not having the depth there too. But you're talking about getting Al Walcott from Baylor. Huge addition uh, as he's been uh, somebody that they've been really high on. You get Jaheim Singletary, the transfer from Georgia, who is a former five-star player. He's in the secondary now. Uh, you still got TJ Metcalf, who we know has got a, a lot of upside, and he's a very young player, but uh, definitely got some upside there. Uh, you're talking about also, like, I got more defensive backs than I know what to do with, just, again, off of depth and depth alone. You got Lorando Johnson, who's also the other transfer out of Baylor, uh, who has had um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of praises coming his way. Got experienced guys like Malik Chavis, Jaden Johnson, Ladarius Bishop. I know uh, people can say whatever they want, but it's like experience does matter. So I think you mixing in the new talent brought in with also the uh, the transfers that you brought in too, and the amount of depth that you have at that position, I think you're going to be light years better, light years better. And so just based on that alone, if your defense again, you went seven and six last year, this close, this close to going nine and three, this close. With, with the worst defense Arkansas has ever fielded, just saying something, uh, at least in the secondary, and you were this close to going 9-3. and three. Imagine what happens when you actually do have a defense that is competent and can make stops and can get off the field on third down, because I think that's going to be the biggest key this year is get the guys off the field on third down. That's been a killer for Arkansas for many years, and I know it's easier said than done, but if you can be, just be a defense that, I hate the bend, not break cliche, but it's true. Just be a middle-of-the-pack SEC defense that's able to, to get stops on third down, you know, get the offense back on the field, give your defense time to rest and not get worn down and frustrated. You'll automatically be a team that's in the hunt for 10 wins at Arkansas. You can be that team. You can be that team. But 
as much as we love the schedule and talking about why Arkansas can win 10 games, and as much as we love the defense upgrades that they have this year about why this team can win 10 games, one particular reason, the number one reason why Arkansas can win 10 games this year, and we'll talk about it next on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast, so stay with us. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Now you know exactly the one number one reason why. I mean, you probably already knew going into it. The number one reason why Arkansas can win 10 games this year is because of who you have behind the center in K.J. Jefferson. He's a redshirt senior now, which is amazing that he's been here as long as he has. But in the two years that he has been the starting quarterback at Arkansas, he has gotten better each year. Now, last year, unfortunately for him, he wasn't able to stay as healthy, uh, missing two full games. Played in one game against Liberty that you could tell he was not himself, uh, not fully healthy, but he's ready to go. He's feeling good. He's got a new offensive coordinator, uh, a guy in Danny Enos that I think is going to really shore up and, and key up the particular things that is going to make him ready for the next level and ready in the NFL. And Arkansas overall is going to be a better offense because of it. And it's going to be because of KJ Jefferson. As I put in the caption there, Superman's cape is red for a reason because uh, K.J. Jefferson is as close to a Superman as you'll ever have at a quarterback position like at Arkansas. No people outside the state of Arkansas and when they're talking about the SEC and SEC quarterbacks, a lot of times they feel like they try to downgrade K.J. And I hate that uh, because it's like you look at his stats, man, and, and you can't deny the fact that he is not incredible at what he does. I, I still think he's the best quarterback going into this upcoming season in the SEC. I'm when I go to SEC Media Days next month. This isn't a bias, this isn't a fanboy take. It's just my reality where I think I'm going to vote KJ Jefferson as SEC quarterback first team preseason. I'm I'm going to do that because of his numbers, because of what he's done, his consistency, and what he means to the team. And you know, if you think about it this way, this past year he started in 11 of 13 games. He passed for 2,648 yards, 25, uh, 24 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Uh, completing 68% of his passes, okay? That's what he did last year, all right? So think about this. The year before, when he had Traylon Burks, when, you know, the Arkansas won nine games and everything, he played in two less games in 2021 and had more yards in 2022 through the air. He had also more touchdown passes than he did in 2021 and also had more rushing touchdowns than he did in 2021, and a higher completion percentage than what he did in 2021 while playing two less games. Imagine if, if K.J. Jefferson would have played fully last year and all the games have been healthy. I think Arkansas at least beats LSU because that was the problem in that game. Arkansas beats LSU if K.J. Jefferson's in that game. Do they beat Mississippi State on the road? Probably not. I don't know. The defense was pretty putrid, but... I think it would have been a lot different on those goal line situations, but it's always woulda, coulda, shoulda. We don't need to play that game. The point is, is that when KJ's on the field, he's that dude. He has slowly and surely become one of my favorite Arkansas quarterbacks. And, you know, I, I love him for all different reasons. I mean, Matt Jones was my hero growing up. Uh, and I have a Matt Jones jersey still to this day. Again, he, he's just could not do anything wrong. I love Ryan Mallett because of his 
his arm strength and his ability and uh the way that no matter what happened in that system man he could he could just put it to you like those were some of my favorite quarterbacks and I love the toughness of a Brandon Allen too and and you know different things but KJ is just becoming the guy where it's like he he doesn't complain he he's tough as he'll get out he doesn't throw he doesn't make a lot of mistakes not saying he's perfect but he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions he doesn't fumble the ball a whole ton I know he had some some critical ones like against Texas A&M this past year but he's got a high percentage uh he's clutch when the game's on the line, we've seen him make a lot of clutch plays and get the team down the field to, to be in position to win. Uh, he's done that many times as the starting quarterback. And I just think with the combination of Enos, the combination of these wide receivers who I'm really impressed by and I'm really hearing good things about when you're adding tight ends to the mix, I think when you also have Rocket Sanders, cannot forget him and how important he is, as well as a plethora of great running backs and experienced running backs. And then you have an offensive line in front of you that's going to be just as good as ever because you have Sam Pittman and Cody Kennedy as the coaches. When you add all those things together, it, it comes down to the team will go as KJ goes. Because, listen, if Arkansas had the offensive line, if they had these wide receivers, if they had the running backs, but they were having to count on an unproven quarterback, a new quarterback this year, how good would you feel? I would feel okay, maybe, just depending on who it is. If it was a Jacoby Criswell, I'd feel like, okay, maybe. Um, you know, or somebody like that. But I still would not feel confident about 10 wins that it could happen. I'd be like, yeah, you know, best case scenario, maybe eight. Uh, if things really go their way, but it's going to be tough. we got to wait and see. But with KJ, we don't have to wait and see. We know who KJ Jefferson is. He's the best quarterback in the SEC. And I think he's going to take a significant step forward this year. And I would think because of that, and as long as he stays healthy, that is the key. All the reasons we listed out, the schedule, the improved defense, all of that, that's going to make this year a lot better for Arkansas. But the guy that, does, that, that puts it over the top, that pushes you over the edge, that makes me believe that this team actually can win 10 games, even with the same schedule, even with the same defensive improvements, even with all those, the reason I believe that this team can win 10 games is because you have K.J. freaking Jefferson as your quarterback. And as long as that dude is being that dude, there's nobody that can stop him. And there's no light that is too bright for him. And there's no team that he can't go out there and have a great game against. I have my confidence in him. So, again, want to reiterate for everybody that probably didn't even listen to the podcast and just is yelling at me right now, not saying Arkansas will win 10 games I'm not predicting that but I don't think saying that they can win 10 games is the most absurd thing that I have said on this podcast in the past like two weeks yeah something like that can't happen will it happen guess we'll find out Appreciate everybody listening in the Locked On Razorbacks podcast be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play you can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.